I did sugar, more sugar plum fairy dances for the elves, and I think they really enjoy it. Oh, so you're trying to butter up the elves? Yeah. You're trying to win them over? No! Uh, I'm just doing a nice performance for them. Right, okay. Sorry to besmirch your I, performance. I really enjoy it. Good. Dancing is a fun expression yeah. of your innermost soul. I and Dad, when we go to the fun zone, I hope it's gonna be there's gonna be a bouncy castle like at 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 bounce fest, like where you need to jump and and tackle stuff. I'm I sure ex- there'll be lots of stuff. I I like tackling inflatable stuff. And expressing yourself. Yeah, I express myself doing that. I also express myself jumping off stuff, off stuff onto flats, flat and bouncy surfaces. That's an interesting way of expressing yourself, I've got to say. Hey up, I'm Joe Heathcote and this is Consistently Eccentric, a British history podcast where we try to make sense of some of the lesser known and more absurd people and events these islands have produced. So let's get started with... This story starts in the Georgian era. What's that? Is that a kind of place? The Georgian era is when a series of kings, mainly called George, were on the throne. Oh. They came after the Stuarts. Okay? Okay. So this story starts in the Georgian era. Mm -hmm. Because on March 15th, 1813, John Snow was born in York, which is a city in Yorkshire. Makes sense. Was was John Snow a very good guy? We're going to find out. What he was, he was the first child of William and Francis Snow. Mm. But he was not their last child. In they all, had other child children. They had lots of other children. Have a guess how many more children they had. A hundred. A little bit less. Ninety-nine. Okay, I should have said quite a lot less. Uh, Forty. Eight. They were going to have another eight kids, and that was a bit of a problem. Nine. They have nine altogether. They have nine altogether. Good maths. But it was a bit of a problem for the Snow family. Why? Because although John's father worked hard as a labourer in a coal yard near the banks of the River Ouse... What's a labourer? Someone who just lifts and carries stuff and does outdoor work, swings hammers, that kind of thing. Oh... Like chopping down trees. Well, no, that's that's a lumberjack, isn't it? We need to plant trees, not destroy them. I feel like you're kind of hijacking this, you know, entire episode to be some kind of environmental kick, Evie. I like the environment. Well, let's let's hear about the environment they lived in. Okay. So he was working in a coal yard near the banks of the River Ouse. So they lived near a river. But he did not get paid very much at all for the job he did. What? I think that's a very good job to have. They yep. should pay him £10,000. Well, <coughs> no, they didn't pay him a lot at all. In fact, he got paid so little that the family were forced to live on North Street, which was one of the poorest areas in the entire city. Even here... They should escape that country and go to a different one. Well... At the at the moment, they were having too many kids, so they couldn't really afford to move either. Yeah? Why? And even in the poorest bit of the city, they were likely to have only been able to afford a single room, or maybe two if they were lucky. And that was for all 12 of the Snow family to live in. So look at the room you're in. 
Yeah. Now imagine that there were 12 people trying to live just in this one room. It would be squished. There was a proper squash and a squeeze going on, yeah, is what I'm saying. You couldn't fit a bed, a wardrobe, or a kitchen, or anything else you need in there. You couldn't even fit a cat in here. You can fit a cat in here. My office isn't that small. But it was a, it was a cramped space. Your office mm. is 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 one of the smallest rooms in this house. Mm. That is true. But having a really small living space wasn't the worst bit of living on North Street. Because as well as being cramped, the street was also surrounded by small factories that pumped out interesting pollutions almost constantly. Pollution is is when rubbish and stuff like that mm. are released into the sea, sea and make all the sea creatures die and also... If we keep just throwing away everything, then it will just make a big cloud called pollution, and then it will make the air smell all horrible, and then we'll just all die. Well... And the moon will, and the sun will die too. Well, there was bad smells in the air. It was a very smoggy kind of place to live. Like, just like Foggy Bottom. Mm, but imagine that's made up of things that are going to make you cough and wheeze. But that still wasn't the worst bit. Because the house that they lived in was right across from the River Ooze. Why is it called the River Ooze? It just is. And the thing about the River Ooze is, it regularly flooded. Oh, oh no! So it would break its banks and all no. of the flood water would go into their house. Just run for the hills, you'll all die! Well no, they couldn't afford to live on the high ground. They lived right by the river and were constantly being flooded. And it would have been bad enough if the river was a clean river. But at the time, it was being used as the main sewer for the city. So it was almost always chock full of raw sewage. Ew! Inclu- they should build drain pipes and stuff like that. It was full of raw sewage, including many, many poops. All the poo from all the people of York was being pushed into the river so, ooze. So, 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 so the Snow family just kept got getting covered in poop and stuff. Well, <coughs> their house did. I mean, hopefully they, they decided to leave at the times when it was full of it. Mm. The cramped conditions, pollution, regular dowsing in sewage and chronic malnutrition, as most workers couldn't afford to buy enough food for every member of their family every day, so people wouldn't be getting enough to eat. It all contributed to people living in North Street having an average life expectancy... Of average. 20 years. I know what average means. Hmm? What does it mean? It means it's not right. No, average means that if you take all the people who lived on North Street, if you took all of the ages they lived to, and then divided it by that number, <clears throat> the average age was 20. So you could expect to live 20 years if you lived on North Street. Mm-hmm. I hate North Street. It's not I very old, is it? I burn that place to the ground. Evie, you can't burn everything to the ground. So you'd almost be halfway through your life if you were living on North Street, wouldn't you? Yeah, and you'll die halfway through your life. Who would want that? Well, definitely not John's father. And he had some understanding that his children needed to be supported to get out of North Street if they wanted to make something of their lives. And it is to the credit of William and his wife Fanny 
that eight of their nine kids went on to better themselves and to thrive away from North Street. What were their names? I don't know all of their names. The only one I do know was the ninth child, George. And I only know that because he died while he was still a child. And John Snow. And John, obviously, yes, sorry. Obviously. William and Fanny, John's father and mum, they also managed to get out of North Street themselves. And they went far away and became farmers in the countryside. Hooray! I love farms! What animals did they take care? Let me guess, did they take care care of horses? I think it was crops. I think they were growing crops rather than Crops and horses and chickens and cows and sheep. Most farmers don't have all of those animals. You kind of specialise. Oh. Sorry sorry to burst your bubble. That's okay. They'd quickly realised, had William and Fanny, that their eldest son, John Snow, was particularly smart. And luckily, he had a rich uncle who agreed with them and agreed to start paying for him to get some proper schooling. Because poor people didn't get to go to school back in 1813. Dad. You had to pay for it. Dad. Yeah? I'm not, I'm not actually very happy that I have no homework over the Christmas. Well, you're allowed to read whatever you want, Evie. And this is learning, so this counts as homework. How good. Yay. Homework. Mm. John attended the Dodsworth School in York, and it was reported that his favourite subjects were maths and natural history. My favourite part of school is science. Interesting. It was believed that John had the skills to become a doctor. A doctor? Yes. So, at the age of only 14, he was sent to become an apprentice to Dr William Hardcastle, nearly 100 miles away from his family home in Newcastle, upon Tyne. Did he live far away from his family? 100 miles away in Newcastle. Is that a long way away? Yes, it's longer than you could walk. Is it an hour away? More than an hour away. Two hours? Well, they didn't have cars. You're talking days. Oh, God. John studied hard. He became a vegetarian. A vegetarian is a person which only eats vegetables. Yep. And he made sure to attend extra lectures in chemistry, surgery, anatomy and physiology, amongst others, to supplement his practical education under Dr Hardcastle. So he kept trying to learn all the things he could to make him the best doctor he could possibly be. He Um, did all the extracurriculars. Okay. One, I've heard the word chemistry before. (gasps) A chemistry is a place. No, it's not. It's, it's a subject. It's 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 where you make medicine and grind things together to make medicine. Pharmacology, but yeah, it's about mixing things. Chemistry is about mixing things. It's about the elements, yeah. His new knowledge was first put to the test in 1832 when he was sent to the mining village of Killingworth to offer medical treatment during an outbreak of an illness called cholera. Did that make you die like the, like last like our last podcast about about the king who died of disease. Um, well, cholera it is quite a nasty illness. It causes diarrhea, vomiting, and cramping. And it's it, cramping. It's when your muscles get all tight and painful. Oh. It was the biggest killer of the eighteen hundreds. More people died of cholera than any other disease in the eighteen hundreds. It was also wrongly thought to be spread. By bad smells. Ew. 
This idea was known as the miasma theory, and probably explains why Dr. Hardcastle sent Jon Snow to deal with it, rather than risk his own life. So he was like, it's very smelly up there, there's a good chance anyone who goes to look after these miners will get cholera, so I'll send Jon, and I'll stay here in Newcastle. Hey! He should do it himself! He should be punished! He should be grounded for a thousand years! Well, no, he's he's delegating, darling. He's, he is he's... being unfair. He's already a qualified doctor and John's just his apprentice. So if John dies of cholera, not as much of a loss as if Dr. Hardcastle dies, is it? I eh? think Dr. Something. Hardcastle. Dr. Hard. Me. Dr. Hard. Heart. Castle. Hard Heart Castle. Are you sassing Dr. Hardcastle now? Yes. Wow. That was a sick burn, Evie. Because he is being very, very unfair. I think he should die himself. Oh, no. Because what's the point of being mean to your apprentice? It's okay. It's okay. John survived. Hooray. And he treated lots and lots of cholera cases. Well, I So he helped other people survive too. I think Dr. Something should, should fire himself. Well, no, he was working in Newcastle. He was a GP and he was looking after lots of people. He didn't have the time, really, to go to treat this um, outbreak, so he sent John. John treated lots of people, made a lot of people better. Hooray! And from the evidence he was collecting, he started to doubt that it was caused by smelly smells. Oh. He started to suspect that it was caused by people accidentally ingesting poo particles. What? People getting poo in their mouths. He thought that's what caused cholera to spread. Oh my gosh. That's so gross. Like I say, he did survive the outbreak without catching cholera, but he decided it was probably time to move on from Dr. Hardcastle, who put him in harm's way. He studied under a few more doctors in the northeast of the country, carefully saving his wages until finally, in 1836, at the age of 23, he finally had enough money to enrol in a proper medical school in London. Wait. Yeah. Did did he still help cholera people who get poop in their mouths? Well, <coughs> he'd learnt a lot about cholera, but he was treating all kinds of things. He was also a surgeon, so he was um, helping people who needed things stitching up. He was diagnosing things. He learnt about um, medicines and he could dispense medicines. He was learning quite a lot of the medical sort of stuff that he needed to do. To continue saving money, now that he had his place in the school in London, he walked the entire way from York, going via Liverpool so that he could thank his uncle who had paid for the start of his educational career and then decided to add a little tour of Wales in as well. Overall... This was a journey of around 400 miles and took him over a month and a half to complete because he was walking the entire way. So he went for a month and a half walk. How many days is a month? 31. I thought it was 28. That's February. February is is is, is the smallest month. So you know how you complain to me when you've been walking for two hours? Yeah. When we take you out on the prom? Imagine doing that but doing it for 50-odd days. 50? 50. 50 full days of walking. 
That's what Jon Snow did to get to London. So, so... And he was walking up mountains and down mountains because he had to cross the Pennines. Hmm. Did, so... he, did he ever get to, to sleep? I, I, I believe he probably took a few hours each day for did sleeping. He, did he drink anything or eat anything? Well, he drank water. Um, he was a teetotaler, which means he didn't drink alcohol. So he stopped off at the pubs, but he didn't have beer. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, he, he ate his vegetables, he drank his water, and he walked all the way from York to London via Wales, which is quite impressive. Were sweets invented? Yes, but oh. sometimes they were accidentally filled with poison and people died. We'll do that story one day. John rented a small room and spent a year studying at the Hunterian School of Medicine and a year working at Westminster Hospital before he finally felt ready to take his medical exams at the age of 25. Is that near Westminster Abbey? Oh, well, it'll be in the same area of London. It'll be in Westminster, so I assume it is, yeah? Abbey. John Snow passed his examination to become a member of the Royal College of Surgeons of England. He came seventh out of 114 candidates. So he was right near the tippity-top of his class. There were only six, six doctors better at doctoring than him in his entire class. So he's one Hooray. of the best. John set himself up as a GP and began treating patients. But he was always interested in new ideas and medical innovations. And one new idea that he was really excited by was the use of ether and chloroform as anaesthesia. What's e? Ether and chloroform are, well, in this form, they're, they're liquids that you put on a rag and you put on someone's face and it knocks them out. Knocks them out? Yeah, so you go unconscious. But the the positive is you no, can't... No, it kills someone. No. The positive bit is you can't feel pain. So people can do surgery. You know when Pop had his surgery where they took his heart out and messed with it a bit and then popped it back in? They would have used anaesthesia to knock him out so he how, didn't feel any of it. How, how... Wait, how did they manage to put it back in the tubes that, Very that carefully. the heart is connected to? Very carefully. They were very careful with Pop's heart. Did they have to stitch him back up? Oh, you'll see, yeah. He's got a lovely big stitch right up the centre. I miss Pop. (coughs) We'll see him soon, okay? Okay. The thing is, until Jon Snow got involved in this new science of anaesthesia, doctors would just, like I say, soak a rag in either ether or chloroform and place it on the patient's face while they got on with an operation or... If they needed to, lopped off a limb, chopped off an arm or a leg. Unfortunately, though, if no one was paying attention to the patient's breathing, this could result in them dying. Because if you give someone too much ether or too much chloroform, they stop breathing. And that will cause death. And unfortunately, the guys who were doing the surgery were so busy messing about with their insides that they didn't notice they'd stop breathing until it was too late. So it could prove quite fatal. John felt that this was all very unscientific. He took the time to work out exactly how much of either substance was required to knock people out, but not kill them. Taking into account the different sizes that people come in, so you'd need more to knock out a massive six foot eight fat man than you would need to knock out a little five foot two lady woman. Yeah? Oh, so... So he worked it all out. So if... 
the person was very big and fat, then they would need lots of medicine. And if they need more chloroform, yeah, very skinny, then they would need less. Yes. And he published these as tables for other doctors to use. So other doctors could look at his workings out and go, oh, you're this size, Mr. Gibbons, and you weigh this much. I'll need this much ether. How much? I don't for Mr. Gibbons. Six teaspoons full. I think it should be sixteen spoons full. You'll kill Mr. Gibbons with that amount. You <laughs> renegade. Sixteen. Are you trying to kill Mr. Gibbons? Sixteen. Just give him the six. Okay, six. I thought you said sixteen. No. <laughs> That's way too much for Mr. Gibbons. Okay, He's only small. Seven. He's thin. Okay, then six it is. Brilliant. John also suggested... Wait, is Mr Gibbons alive? He's he's made up. He's a oh, made up person. So he's your imaginary friend? Yes, why not? My imaginary friend, Mr Gibbons. Just like Lola Babbagee. Just like Lola Babbagee. John also suggested that another trained medical professional, other than the surgeon should be in charge of the anaesthesia, so should be in charge of the chloroform or the ether, and should be watching for the patient's breathing, as he thought this would reduce the risk of accidental death. And it did. And these days we have professionals in surgeries called anaesthesiologists, and their entire job is measuring out the right amount of anaesthesia okay. and making sure that the patient is okay. Okay. Mm. Um, Mrs. Ether. You weigh this much and you need this much medicine. 17 spoons full. <laughs> so they have people whose entire job is that now and they're very important people Hooray. when it comes to surgery. As a result of these um, innovations that John came up with, death rates from anaesthesia decreased and John Snow became known as the father of modern anaesthesiology. He would go on to develop a device to administer specific doses to be used when women were trying to give birth to children to take away their pain. Um, I think that, that he should actually be called the father of chemistry. Well, <coughs> I mean, it's pharmacology, if anything. Um, but he was called the father of modern anaesthesiology and he made, a, he made a device that could give smaller doses to women giving birth so that they wouldn't feel as much pain when they were pushing the baby out. Because that can be quite a painful experience. I hope they don't do that to me when I when I am pregnant. We'll see. I mean, Mummy didn't. She had two C sections, didn't she? Yeah. They cut her open, and do you know what? They used yeah. anaesthesia so that she didn't feel it. Oh. Mm. I so hope they. We've got Jon Snow to thank for that. To, so I don't feel the pain at all. Well, yeah. That's that's a few years down the road, though. We'll worry about it when we need to worry about it. Okay. One person who was impressed, though, was Queen Victoria, the Queen of England. Queen Victoria? There's the statue in the middle of Lancaster. You know mm. the, the statue of the Queen? No, yeah, it's clear. That's Queen Victoria. Oh, I thought it was Queen Elizabeth. No, that's Queen Victoria. In 1853, he was summoned to provide her with anaesthesia during the birth of her son Leopold. Leopold? I know, a good name for a young prince. That is also a weird and also good name. Prince Leopold. However, while he was studying and working in London, Dr John Snow 
saw that there were still regular outbreaks of cholera that were happening. He should help the people with cholera after the Queen. Mm, well, I think he might. Come on, come on, cholera people, you just need to wait. Oh, and also stop eating poo. They didn't know that that's what it was yet. That was just Jon Snow's theory. He thought it might be to do with poo. It had been noticed that the outbreaks of cholera always seemed to kill more people in the poorer areas of the city. And in 1848, a man called Edwin Chadwick was put in charge of making things better as the first sanitary commissioner for London. So he was in charge of keeping things clean. Clean? Yes. He's doing a very bad job. Well, he's only just been put in charge. So he's going to make things clean. He's going to clean up the city. He is doing a bad job. He's just started. You've got to give him a chance, haven't you? Mm, I'll give him one chance. That's it. You're giving him one chance? Yeah. Okay. Well, Edwin Chadwick was one of the people who thought that cholera was caused by bad smells. So he decided that the best thing to do would be to make sure that the poo was gotten as far away as possible from people's houses as quickly as possible. Which is a good idea, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Better than the guy who cleans up. Unfortunately, he had this done by having all of the waste dumped directly into the River Thames, which was the main source of drinking water for the people living in London. So he put all of the poo into the river, and then all the people of London took their drinking water from the river. And then they had cholera. Yes. Jon Snow was right. It was caused by poo. Mm. Well, cases of cholera did start to increase, even though they were saying they were keeping the city cleaner than it ever had been, which was puzzling for everybody who wasn't Jon Snow. Because Dr Jon Snow, he saw this and he was like, this confirms everything. I was right. I know I'm right now. Well done, Jon Snow. So... In 1849, he published a scientific paper called On the Communication of Cholera. And in this writing, he argued that it was drinking contaminated water, so drinking water with little bits of poo in it, that was causing the deaths of thousands and thousands of Londoners. He explained it in a more scientific way, but basically he was saying, you're drinking bits of poo, and that poo's got cholera on it, and then the cholera's in you. And then you die of cholera and you do lots of poos and then your poos go into the river and then those little bits of your cholerary poo go into other people's mouths and then they get cholera and then they die and as they're dying they poo and it's a circle of poo. Circle of... It's just like a matter... It's a matter of poo and death. It is a matter of poo and death, isn't it? Yes, it is. But almost every other doctor completely ignored his warnings and said, you don't know what you're talking about, John. Shut your noise. What the flipping heck? Well, they were like, no, 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 John. It's the smells. It's bad smells. It's not poo water. Shush your noise. So nobody... Hey, other doctors who are not John Snow, take your voice and put it to bed. Put it in that flipping bed. Now. What John needed to convince everyone, was a chance to prove his theory in a way that they couldn't ignore. By doing it himself. Well, luckily for Dr John Snow, there was a further massive outbreak of cholera in an area of London called Soho in 1854. So he took the water and drank the poo water, no, didn't he? No, he didn't. 
That would have been suicide. Yeah. That would have been a very bad idea. What John did is he headed to the area and he talked to all the local people. He soon realised that the amount of people contracting and dying from cholera appeared to vary on a street-by-street basis. So he walked down one street and asked people and maybe two people had died of cholera there in the last few weeks. And then he went to another street and 20 people had died of cholera on that street. And he was like, hmm, this is suspicious. And by identifying the streets... Yeah, suspicious. Suspicious. By identifying the streets where more people were dying, Jon Snow made his way to a water pump on Broad Street. A water pump? Where you got the water from. You pumped the handle and water came out. Uh, pee he, water. Well, uh, yes, he believed that that pump must be the source of the contamination. And he actually managed to convince the local authorities to remove the handle so that no one could get water from it again. But then none of the people could drink anymore. There were other pumps. They'd just have to walk a little bit further. He was like, this is the poo pump. This is the one that's killing people, so you need to stop people getting water from this pump. He wrote... It's evil. It's an evil pump. Jon Snow wrote at the time, On proceeding to the spot, I found that nearly all of the deaths had taken place within a short distance of the Broad Street pump. There were only ten deaths in houses situated nearer to another street pump. In five of these cases, the families of the deceased persons informed me that they always sent to the pump in Broad Street as they preferred the water to that of the pumps which were nearer. In three other cases, the deceased were children who went to a school near the pump in Broad Street. Is the pump in Broad Street the one with poo? Hmm. With regard to the deaths occurring in the locality belonging to the pump, there were 61 instances in which I was informed that the deceased persons used to drink the pump water from Broad Street, either constantly or occasionally. The result of the inquiry, then, is that there has been no particular outbreak or prevalence of cholera in this part of London except among the persons who were in the habit of drinking the water from the above-mentioned pump well. I had an interview with the Board of Guardians of St James's Parish on the evening of the 7th of September and represented the above circumstances to them. In consequence of what I said, the handle of the pump was removed the following day. So that makes it all nice and clear, doesn't it, Evie? Yeah. Yeah. So... He used science. He is the father of, of doctor science. Well, it's the science of how diseases spread and it's called epidemiology... And he is known as the father of of epidemiology as well, yes. The amount of cholera infections in the area fell dramatically as a result. John produced a map to demonstrate that the pump had been at the centre of the deaths by adding a dot for every person who had died in each house. It became clear to anyone with eyes then that the pump had been the source of the problem. How many dots were there? Like I say, there were over 60. 70 between 60 and 70. But Dr John Snow, he liked to be thorough. He liked to make sure he had all the evidence. So before he published the results, he decided to test his theory further by comparing two water companies which supplied different areas of London. Okay? So I'm going to ask you a question, so you yeah. need to pay attention now, okay? The first one... What? What's the question? Wait, listen to the information and then I'll ask you the question, Okay. The first water company was called the Lambeth Waterworks Company and it took its water upriver from London, so before the Thames got into the big city. Yeah? The second water company, the Southwark and Vauxhall Waterworks Company, took its water 
from one of the most polluted sections of the river right at the heart of the city. Can you guess which company was responsible for more cholera deaths? <laughs> which one do you think? Is it the company that took their water before the river got to London or the one that took their water right in the middle of the pooiest part of London? Right in the middle of the pooiest part of London. That it... Company two. Company two. Yeah, company two. You are right. The rate of cholera was 14 times higher in the company that was using the poo water. The clean water is my favourite. Yeah, so for every one cholera case that the clean water company had, the poo water company had 14. Ooh. Mm. John Snow published his results and was confident that changes would be made to reduce the risk of future cholera outbreaks. Mm. Did the people with cholera die? Some did, some didn't. But do you know what the doctors did? What? They, they died! No, they ignored John Snow again. What? They, what the flipping heck? They refused to accept his findings. Some, based only on the idea that talking about accidentally getting poo in your mouth was just too icky. So they didn't even want to think about that that, that might happen. They were like, no, nobody ever gets poo in their mouths, John. Shut up. <gasps> and uh, As a re- They should <coughs> shush themselves. As a result, no changes were made. And the outbreak in Soho that John had stopped was officially attributed to bad smells. So they said it had nothing to do with the pump. It was just the bad smells. And they poo-pooed John. Said, you don't know what you're talking about, Mr. Snow. So they... Get out of here. They said. So, 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 he died because of them. No, he didn't die because of them. But he felt like he was going to save thousands of lives by getting people to use clean drinking water, and they all just went, no, we don't need to do that. That's going to cost money. Changing the infrastructure of the water of London, that that sounds like it's very expensive. I'll tell you what, we'll just say it was the bad smells, and we'll move on with our day. You should shush yourselves, Mr and Mrs Doctors, because you are wrong. Well, John, he continued to try and convince people of his theories for the next four years collecting evidence and lecturing on the subject whenever and wherever he could. He was still working as a well-respected doctor and an anaesthesiologist and was well-respected in both of those fields. But he knew that if he could convince people of his theory of disease transmission, he could save more lives than by any other means at his disposal. If people believed that you could transmit illness via eating things or getting contaminated substances into your mouth accidentally. Things that have germs. Yes, germ theory. Yes, illness on them. Hmm. Unfortunately, Evie, Jon Snow would not get the chance to finish this important work Mm. because on June 10th, 1858, he suffered a stroke. He suffered what? A stroke. What's a stroke? It's where a blood vessel pops. And blood goes into a bit that it's not supposed to go into. In this case, his brain, which put what? pressure on his brain. What if my, my blood veins popped in my eye? Yeah, well, that's not quite a stroke. That's just um, a bit of a red eye, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't like red eyes. It look. It makes me look like a demon. I think it's pretty cool to look like a demon sometimes. Oh. Okay. You can scare people. I like scaring people. You can ask them for their soul. They don't have two lives. Why not, then? 
seems like it makes sense to be a demon. Yeah. Mm. John died six days later at the age of only 45. But it was more than double the life expectancy if he'd have stayed on North Street. So he did quite well. If he stayed on North Street, then he'd live longer. No, if he'd have stayed on North Street, he'd have died 15 years before. He wouldn't have even got to do all of his work with the pump in Soho. So let's be let's be thankful he moved out of there. Stupid doctors. Mm. Jon Snow is the fateful doctor. The others are stupid and idiots. Well, while the medical professionals of London had dismissed his ideas, those working with the poorest in society were sure he was onto something. Such as the medical officer of the Poland Street Workhouse, John French, who wasn't French, or Polish, who said... Although ephemeral criticism has been uniformly against him, yet I venture confidently to predict that the facts which have been brought to light by his industry will prove to posterity that he was by far the most important investigator of the subject of cholera who has yet appeared. John French's prediction turned out to be 100% correct, because in 1866... In 1866 what? Eight years after Dr John Snow died there was another outbreak of cholera in London. When presented with the evidence on where the deaths were occurring, a Dr William Farr, William Farr, a man who had dismissed Jon Snow's ideas eight years before, was forced to admit that he had been right all along. Yay! Because the evidence showed that all of the people who were dying in the second outbreak were getting their water from one reservoir, which is where water gets collected. And he sort of, having read through what Jon Snow had said before, was like, oh no, so, it's showing that Jon was right. I'm so going to have to he, tell them to shut down the reservoir. Um, I think he should have just asked someone to, to drink from the sh- reservoir and see how they did. Well, no, lots of people were drinking from the reservoir and they were the people who was who were dying of cholera. So he was like, we're going to have to stop people using the reservoir. And they did. And the cholera outbreak stopped, which kind of proved the point that Jon Snow had been trying to make. Like... Wait, one question. Does cholera spread like plague no. very fast? Well, <coughs> no, because it's you've got to drink contaminated water. So cholera spreads because a water source will get contaminated with poo um, and people will drink from it, whereas the plague was passed via um, flea bites. Flea bites. Yes, so you have infected fleas, they bite humans, and they pass the plague on that way. And that's why um, the plague could spread so quickly. We're never going to talk fleas. about the plague ever in well, our we podcasting. We've talked about it quite a bit, Evie. Is it always a... comes up. I know. Just not the whole thing. Okay. Today, the study of how and why diseases spread across populations is known as epidemiology, and Dr. John Snow is remembered to history as one of the innovators of this incredibly important scientific field. Weirdly, so is Dr. William Farr, which goes to show it is never too late to admit you're wrong and to get some credit for it. So William Farr, he admitted he was wrong, he wrote up his findings and he is also considered to be one of the first people to come up with the idea of epidemiology. So, so always he was being like Jon Snow in the end. Yes, he was. He was big enough 
to admit he'd made a mistake. So... And he tried to make it right. So after he told told the people that, he he went on just like Jon Snow did. He did, Until yeah. he died. Yep, I don't know when Dr. William Farr died. Can't tell you that. Doesn't matter. Thanks to better sanitation, cholera is now rare in the UK. However, across the world, it can still kill up to 100,000 people every year. Thank you for listening. No, we're not finished. <laughs> that is the story of Jon Snow, who proved without a doubt that we should all try to avoid drinking poo if we possibly can. And that is a lesson, I think, just as useful today as it was in the 1850s when he first uh, presented it to the world. Oh, and, uh, and people who are listening, this is very important. Don't drink poo. And also, this is why we have the sewer, so we don't get infected by poo-poo water. Yes, if you want, if you ever find yourself in York, Evie, in the city of York, yeah. and you go to North Street, yeah. there is a little statue of a pump in memory of Jon Snow, right next to the River Ooze, where he was, you know, born. Is River Ooze now clean? It's much cleaner, yes. Most, um, well... Up until a few years ago when we got a Tory government, most of the rivers were quite clean. It's going the other way again now because they're allowing water companies to dump sewage into the rivers again. Flipping heck, they should stop that. Well, a lot of people have said the same, but that's Tories for you. I think I I will fire those people. Uh, We'll all be firing them at the next general election, don't you worry. Although you're too young to vote, so... They are so stupid. Mm. Dumping sewage into the local drinking areas. That is, that is one, disgusting, two, stupid, and three, no, we they shouldn't do that anyway. To be fair, we do That's have... That's illegal. We do have, well, it is illegal. Um, we do have water processing plants. So we do treat water before it goes through to our pipes now. Good. Yeah. And we put stuff like fluoride in to help our teeth. Help my teeth. But yes, we we should, we should, yeah, probably ask them to stop dumping raw sewage into the rivers. And the, and the beaches, they did a lot on the beaches as well. A lot of raw sewage going straight out to sea. And the turtles are dying. Yeah, that's the Tories for you. And it's they sad. don't care about the turtles. Or humans, I'm gonna actually. F- I'm going to throw those po- people uh, under a real bus to kill them. I'm going to throw them under a real bus. It's funny you should mention buses, actually. They made a lot of promises on the side of buses. Yeah, they wrote lots of promises on the side of buses. They didn't keep any of them. Stupid people. I know. The turtles and the fish and everything are dying in the sea. But was the story of Jon Snow happy for you? Because you did say you wanted a story about Pooh, and I found one. Yeah, I didn't say about Pooh, I just... I thought it wouldn't be about poo. I thought it would be about chemistry and stuff like that. And also, I thought it would be in the Arctic because of snow. No, it's just his name, Jon Snow. This is our Christmas episode, me and you, because we talked about snow. And what's more Christmassy than snow and poo? Eww, not poo, snow. Poo snow, yes, poo snow. Not poo snow, snow, just snow. Yellow snow? That is what Olaf says in, in Frozen 1. Do you get the joke? <laughs> yes. What's he talking about? He's talking about wee snow. That's my girl. 
Hi there, it's Emma, Chief Organiser at Consistently Eccentric, here to remind you all that if you like what you hear, you can catch up with all previous episodes and session series by searching for us on Acast, Spotify and iTunes. How fancy. You can also join us on Instagram at Consistently Eccentric Podcast, where we update on the weekly episode and post all of our bonus content for you lucky lot. See you next week.